0: Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group, and I'm joined today by Todd Beardsley of Rapid7. Todd, great to see you again. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. So you've been doing some research into the FTSE 250. Absolutely. And what have you found? So
1: this is part of a series uh, that Rapid7 is putting out uh, called the Industry Cyber Exposure Report, um, or ICER report, like ATM machine, where we take a look at whole country corporate environment, basically. So, uh, this is like on the heels of national exposure where we looked at like the whole planet and like broke it up by country. This one is a lot more focused like in a regional way. So, the first one we did was Fortune 500, which was very US centric. Then we did the ASX 200, which is the Australia New Zealand Stock Exchange. And then this is the third in the series. Uh, the FTSE 250 plus which covers obviously um, UK based, uh, largely UK based companies. After this we'll be covering probably Nikkei Index and something like Germany slash like continental Europe. So Asia
0: Pacific and more con- like you said continental Europe. Then. Yep. Okay. Yep.
1: So what we what we're looking for are a few things. We want to see like kind of the same same sort of questions we ask in, in NEI. Like what does like average exposure look like? You know I couldn't tell you before we started this like how many internet facing services an average large company exposes on the internet. Things like websites, email, DNS, hopefully not FTP, but sometimes FTP. Things like that, right? Things you'd expect to find on the internet. And now I have an answer and it's 35. (laughs)
0: 35.
1: 35 services on average across the FTSE 250. Now that average moves around a lot depending on what industry we look at. FTSE 250 like breaks up their listings um, per vertical. So you have like Some verticals have more than others. So, like, there's a few outliers, like gross outliers in there. So, like, there's one, like, equity services firm that has, like, something in the neighborhood of, like, 1,200 exposed services, which is an IT department I would not wish on my worst enemy. Uh, That would be awful. (laughs) 35 seems pretty reasonable and manageable for, like, you know, companies of these size, of this size. Um, It doesn't count things like hosted cloud provider. This is all IP space that is attributable to these companies, which actually is like the hardest part of this research is is figuring that out. So now we have like an okay view of what's normal so people like mainly IT departments can can go to their bosses and say like, hey, we have 1200 of these things, we need to like knock this down. I expect a lot of that is like accidental exposure. And speaking of accidental exposure, the bright spot of this report is that corporate UK has done a pretty great job at getting rid of SMB and Telnet. We've talked about this before. Fantastic, yes. And I know it's frightening yeah. what's
0: exposed to
1: the internet. That's
0: yes. I always come away from our chats kind of concerned for the state of yeah, things. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, there's like a lot, of, a lot of things to touch. But in the UK, there is virtually no exposed SMB and telnet anymore. As far as like corporate IT is concerned. We don't look at government. We don't look at like nonprofits. We don't look at schools, anything like that. Um, Just things that are on this stock exchange, which is good because like this is telling me that the UK kind of took it on the chin with WannaCry and friends and they've really gotten the message like we need to be, you know, filtering this out, firewalling, not exposing this stuff by accident, actually looking to see what we have exposed, things like that. Um, So that's So that is like the bright star. Because that's real low-hanging
0: fruit, right? SMB, Telnet. If you are trying to attack a specific firm or just looking for anything interesting,
1: that would be an easy way in. For sure. We see attacks routinely. uh, Like SMB-based attack traffic is only going up and to the right. It's a slow incline, but it's definitely there. There are tons and tons and tons of targets out there. They're just not in the UK, ftse 250 which is good, which is surprisingly great news. You know, for Telnet, we saw the Mirai botnet uses Telnet. A lot of people are using credential uh, stuffing attacks, where they take lists of breach password usernames and passwords, and then turn around and use those passwords on like Telnet servers, they use them on IMAP servers, POP, things like that too. Clear text, easy protocols. You know, but there, again, there's very little Telnet in in the FTSE two hundred and fifty. But with that said, we do see attack traffic emanating from the FTSE 250 because we also have a bunch of honeypots. And so we're able to attribute that, you know, malicious traffic. And that tells me a couple of things. One, FTSE 250 does get owned every once in a while. Um, you know, constituent companies in there and we will pick that up in our honey nets. But we also see a minority of traffic, which was surprising of like misconfiguration traffic, basically is what we call it. So. Like, we live in the cloud, you know, and we, uh, our IP address moves around out from under our honeypots, like, all the time. And sometimes we land on an IP address that someone else was just using. And so there might be, like, a cached DNS or, like, oh, hopefully not, but, like, a you know, hard-coded IP address or something we will suddenly get like connect strings for databases with like usernames and passwords. And we say, thank you for the username and password, I guess Um that was not cool. Uh, <laughs> um, we tend to let them know uh, that we saw it, if we can attribute it like quickly to the offending organization. But this kind of like self-compromise is something that's happening a lot more often than we were expecting. Like we were expecting all malicious traffic and like scanners like us, right? But the accidental like self-breach uh, does happen somewhat routinely, not, A ton of time but like if you want to you know learn secrets hang out in the cloud for a while and eventually someone will tell you one
0: was that surprising to you finding this accidental self-breaching or does that reflect the fact that maybe cloud best practices are relatively immature still I'd say a little bit of both I think that
1: sometimes there's fast flux on these IP addresses that live in the cloud like you might have an IP address for like an hour which is way shorter than your you know time to live on your DNS and so I think what administrators are Need to understand is that that actually happens, right? Like people swap out IP addresses all the time. We've always kind of known this, you know. Like we also know that like routes can change like over time, you know, things like that with BGP. But the fact is, is that routes tend to be fairly stable, except when they're not. So those are the cases that you know DevOps
0: folks need to need to look out for. Yeah, they need to account for that when they're thinking about their defense models or their how they might get pwned models. Right. Fascinating research, as always. Anything else to highlight? Any other surprises in the report?
1: I'd say the biggest surprise overall, aside from the good news of, of SMB, was that in the UK, FTSE 250, which is made up of you know, name brand companies, there is a startling lack of HTTP to HTTPS, three or two redirects i can land on on an http page by just you know and we do this by typing in the url without the http colon slash slash part we will land on these name brand companies and never get redirected which means i'm getting all my session data all my cookies being sent to me in the clear which is a bummer because this opens me up to attack by like by you know People in a privileged position, man in the middle of things, but like that includes you know anonymous Wi-Fi, which is actually used a lot in Europe. This is a normal thing for people to do. And There's a lot you know you see that a lot more here than you see like in the U.S. in Japan. Like it, it is it is more common to just kind of like bop onto somebody's uh, network, uh, especially for people like me who travel a lot and don't have like crappy data connections. But that said, so like it is surprising because you know UK websites. Are super interested in telling you about cookies and all the cookies. And what they're not telling you is like, and by the way, this is all in the clear. So that's kind of a major problem. Um, we saw about 20% of the FTSE 250 behaving like this, which doesn't sound like a ton, ton, but it's way higher um, than we saw in any other region.
0: So I browse to one of the FTSE 250 websites. And a lot of it's being handled, like you said, via HTTP. Yep. So, and then if I've logged in via a cafe Wi-Fi, for example, that's yep. open, someone could easily sniff that traffic. Yeah, I mean, this
1: is classic fire sheep attack kind of stuff, right? A lot of times when you're going to these websites, like they are brand names. A lot of them, you know, you're not logging in and doing things. Banks are fine, like they're all doing the right thing. So it's not so much usernames and passwords, but what it does open you up to is like malicious JavaScript, for example. An attacker can replace JavaScript on the fly as it's coming to you with something that is installing a keystroke logger in that browser session, which would follow you around from site to site at that point through a technique called browser hooking. Um, This can happen pretty trivially when you're dealing with Websites that one are in HTTP and two are using a lot of like third-party sources. So like I can like poison DNS, you know, and do it even ahead, yeah. far further ahead of time. And now like you you've lost all the all the SSL guarantees that these are who they say they are.
0: So, so get your get your VPN out basically if you're going to be using the free stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Especially
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and which is so sad for me because I just spent like a bunch of time, you know, railing against some other media who are saying, like, oh, the wire, like, don't ever connect to open Wi-Fi, you know, like, everyone can get your stuff. It's like, well, that's not true, because we all use HTTPS now, right? Well, that is more true some places than
0: others. Well, Todd, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for the insights you've had, both on the FTSE 250, how mm-hmm. corporates are addressing security, leaving ports open, not leaving ports open. Also, a bit of personal information about how to secure yourself, basically. Sure. Obviously, we're all at the front line of a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. so... Always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Todd, for your time and insights today.
1: Thank you, Matt. Always, always a pleasure on this end as well.
0: Thank you. So I've been speaking with Todd Beersley of Rapid Seven. I'm Matthew Schwartz with ISMG. Thank you for joining us.